Welcome to The Barbell Strikes Back. I'm your host, James McDermott, and I have another Albany CrossFit Barbell Club team member joining me on the show. Everyone, welcome Bree Turner to The Barbell Strikes Back podcast. Bree, how are you doing? Doing great, James. Um, just enjoying my early Sunday morning. <laughs> yep, it's, it's Sunday morning right now when we're recording this, and you just told me uh, weekend brain and weekday brain are two very different things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, weekend Brie doesn't wake up till about 10, 1030. Uh, and weekday Brie has a strict 6am schedule where I go to CrossFit classes and then get to work on time. And <laughs> weekday Brie gets uh, early bird gets the worm and weekend Brie doesn't do anything. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I think we can all relate to that. It's uh, if it's the weekend and you don't have anything else to do, you might as well just sleep in, get that recovery and bounce back the next week even stronger. Absolutely. Now, I mean, that's, that's a long day because, I mean, you're up at 6 a.m. and we don't meet for Barbell Club until 6.30 p.m. I mean, how do, you, how do you keep it together all day? Are you like slamming coffee and energy drinks or what's going on? Um, not a coffee drinker. Coffee makes me very sick to my stomach. Um, and from time to time, I do drink a Red Bull. I've cut back on my Red Bull consumption a lot because of how much sugar is really in those uh, drinks. Uh, but I do indulge on a, on a Red Bull every once in a while. Um, but mostly, I actually use pre-workout before our uh, sessions. Um, not every time, but, but on the days where I'm feeling particularly sluggish, I'll um, drink a pre-workout and that helps. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to picture you as being sluggish or, you know, lethargic and tired, because normally when you come into Barbell Club, you're just full of energy. I mean, I think your energy sometimes lifts up everyone else in the room who also might be dragging just a little bit. And I would say you're also our club's social butterfly. Like when, when, when you get in there, you're talking to everybody. If there's a new person in the group, you're making friends with them right away. Uh, so it's, that's, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to hear that there's a secret formula behind that. Yeah, it's not a secret. I am perpetually tired. I just, I bring a lot of energy where I go and especially places where I'm just excited to be there. Um, every time I come into Barbell, I'm just excited. I'm ready for the PRs. I'm ready to see other people make PRs because other people's success gives me, you know, energy and motivation too. So it's exciting to see people uh, make leaps and bounds on their lifting journeys as well, because that helps me to um, stay motivated on mine and stay energized, especially if, you know, I've been hitting somewhat of a PR drought and I see other people still, you know, succeeding and putting in the work after they've, you know, come out of their PR droughts. It, it kind of helps me stay in the cycle, stay excited. Yeah. I mean, speaking of droughts, you've kind of, you know, kind of busted through one recently with your snatch PRs. You recently snatched 115 pounds for the first time. And I told you, I think that by the end of the year, we can do 135 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I've been um, pretty consistent. Um, there's been a couple weeks where I missed, but since COVID, um, like we were able to come back in from COVID, I think I've or made more than I've missed for a barbell club. Um, I really like having a schedule. I'm a person that enjoys having my schedule. Um, and so being able to get back into that schedule has uh, helped me to get back into the motivation of Barbell Club. I definitely got into a point during COVID when we were quarantined, strictly quarantined to our homes that I just fell off. 
I, I was yeah. on it. I was on it. And then, you know, the first month in, in quarantine, I was still on it. And then after that, it kind of sloped down to um, nothing. Well, I, I kind of feel like where, where we went off the rails was uh, Memorial Day Murph. So right there at the, uh, the end of May, yeah. that kind of seems like when you dropped off. Because I know you, you hurt your toe during that as well while you were running, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was, um, yeah, it was, it was probably during the running portion. But at some point during Murph, I definitely tweaked it in some way. But it felt like I had tweaked it in a way that I'll walk it off and it'll be fine tomorrow. Um, and then it wasn't fine tomorrow, and then it wasn't fine the next day after tomorrow. And so then I had to be like, okay, this injury is something that needs to be rested on, iced, yeah. taken care of. Um, so. Yeah, and I mean, well, it's, it's such a hard thing to get back into training when you've had a significant amount of time off. So what, other than like it just being in the schedule now and you being – like the rest of us, a creature of habit. Okay, it's on the schedule. I got to get there. I got to get this done. But what do you do to kind of keep yourself motivated to get back into training? Because it, starting, stopping, starting, stopping, that constant restart, it's very difficult mentally. It is. Um, and not just for my barbell um, my barbell journey, but also my, my very personal fitness and weight loss journey. Um, I have been overweight since college. I hit that freshman 15. I struggled through, you know, some mental illness that I let go unchecked. And in doing so, I gained quite a bit of weight despite being a college athlete. Um, and so I try to be as vocal as I can about it because it is something that people face. Um, so when I, you know, start again, stop again, start again, stop again, it is very hard, um, especially since at the beginning of this year, uh, I was so motivated and I was coming to Barbell Club um, the two times a week that we had it scheduled. I was going in on Saturdays and usually meeting, you know, Haley, um, sometimes um, Mary. Um, and I, you know, was doing so well and, and I was going to 6 a.m. CrossFit classes and I was working out five to six times a week. Um, and I dropped 15 pounds um, before COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, I gained it all back. So yeah. um, when everything opened back up again, I was like, okay, you know, it's time to start again. And it sucks that you have to start again, but I, one, really enjoy doing what I'm doing. I think in the past when I was, you know, making my own workout plans, going to a gym where I didn't have coaches, um, I wasn't lifting because that hadn't been introduced to my, um, you know, training cycle yet. I didn't love what I was doing. I was kind of making myself do cardio because it was like, cardio is the way to do it. Cardio, you have to run, you have to run. And I'm not a cardio person. Um, and I think you know that. And most of the coaches at CrossFit know that cardio is not my strong suit. Um, but the way that CrossFit classes and the way that Barbell Club is, is set up, it's something that I really thoroughly enjoy doing. And so starting again doesn't make it a chore because I enjoy doing it. Um, and working out has never been the chore aspect of my fitness journey. It's always been the food side. Um, the food side is the most difficult side for me. So um, starting up working out again is really, it's never all that difficult. Um, I enjoy it. I know it, you know, lifts me up. It gives me a lot of serotonin and, you know, dopamine and all those really happy chemicals that happen in your body when you get to go do that. I enjoy the people that I'm around when I do it. So that also helps me 
you know, drives me to get there. And also there's that sense of like, if you want to reach your goals, you have to go in and do that. That's something that you have to do. Yeah. Those, uh, those weights aren't going to lift themselves. Right. <laughs> and, and it's like, like you said, you know, everyone in Barbell Club is, is so much fun to be around. You know, you guys are always joking, having a good time, cheering each other on. And you're probably cheering the loudest, you know, in the group at any given time. But no, I, I think we can all relate to that. You know what, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what in college kind of, um, like, was it depression? What, what was going on that kind of um, affected I your life? got hit pretty hard with anxiety and depression. Um, I never had any inkling that I had any mental illnesses prior to college. Um, in, you know, in the future now, looking back at my childhood and my young adulthood, I can see where there was a lot of anxiety. Um, but depression really didn't come into play until college. And it really wasn't even the first year. It was my second year. Um, my second year it hit really hard. I was very anti-medication because of so much stigma that revolves around mental health and mental illness and getting the help that you need. Um, and, you know, I was just, I can fight it. I can do better than this. I don't need medication to help me through this. I can exercise, you know what they say, exercise, extra water, eating right. All those things can contribute to helping with your depression, anxiety, um, mental illness problems. But I went to the therapy actually through the college, which was amazing. The therapist there is top notch. I really give a lot of credit to her. Um, she helped me through a lot. Uh, and Which college is this? Casanova, uh, Casanova College. Okay. Um, the therapist there, I saw her once a week, um, pretty much every week from sophomore year until senior year. And every once in a while, she'd be like, hey, you know, do we want to consider taking medication? Do we want to consider doing this? And I went all through college thinking that I, I was stronger than a mental illness. Um, I have a lot of <laughs> issues with pride. I think that I can do things without, you know, needing aid or help from others. Uh, and after college, I realized that wasn't the case. Uh, I was no longer able to see a therapist because it wasn't, you know, through my school. Therapy is unfortunately fairly expensive and it's not always covered by health insurances. Uh, and I got to a point probably six or seven months after um, graduating that I was like, I'm really low right now, like really, really low. Um, and my depression manifests in a way where it's, I don't want to get out of bed. Um, and it's not even that I don't always want to get out of bed. It's that my body physically, I don't even feel like I'm capable of getting up out of the bed. Things just um, shut down. Yeah. Yeah. I get very sluggish. I get very lethargic. Um, so that's kind of how my depression affects me in my life, my day-to-day -day life. Um, and so trying to get myself motivated to do anything when I'm hitting my low lows is, uh, near impossible. So I started medication up in, uh, October of 2016. Um, and so I've been on antidepressants since then, and it's truly night and day. Um, I wish that, you know, college Brie had accepted the fact that, you know, sometimes you do need help and you do need medical intervention for you know these problems because I could have thrived a lot more in that time had I accepted the fact that I needed the help. Um, but through it all, I think it was a good learning curve to realize that sometimes you do just need that added help. Um, and that's yeah, okay. I mean, it's, it's a life lesson. And now you know, you know if you're in a situation, you can ask so many people around you for help or advice or even just... Uh, just to talk to them 
said that, you know, someone will be there to listen to you. What, what advice do you have for someone who might be experiencing anxiety and depression right now? Maybe they're not even aware of it, or they're just afraid to, afraid to kind of reach out to someone to get help. What advice do you have for someone who might be in a similar situation? Um, I think at first it's just figuring out what's working for you. I tried, you know, I beat a dead horse trying to figure out if exercising and eating right was going to help me. And I think at some point I really did know in the back of my mind that it wasn't helping enough. And it, it will help a little bit. I, I can say that, you know, honestly, even on my meds, when I'm eating right and exercising still, I feel 10 times better than just being on my meds. Not to say that just being on my medication doesn't help worlds. It does. Um, but I think you need to consider what you think is actually going to help you, like really help you, not, you know, set your pride aside, set your, you know, worries aside about the stigma and, and really say, like, what do I need right now to help me get through this? Is it therapy? Is it medication? Um, you can try therapy first. Um, it helped me a lot and it did help me to realize that medication might be the next step for me um, because medication can be a big step. You know, signing up to take something every single day of your life is a big decision. So maybe starting with that therapy and seeing what the therapist recommends, finding a therapist that you like because not all therapists are the same and some you'll vibe with and some you won't. And so it's, good to not just write off therapy if you don't like the first therapist you go see yeah it's um, kind of like uh, finding a coach right some yeah, might, might work out well with one person and another person that might not work out well yeah yeah you have to see what works for you but if you really feel like medication is what you need to help you get through your day-to-day -day, don't let stigma keep you from doing that um don't let anything keep you from getting to being your you know 100 best self um, because it's hard. Um, depression and being sluggish through your depression, it makes days long. It makes weeks longer. Um, and so it's, it's, you have to live an entire life like that. Yeah. So that I, I, think you, I think you said it, said it best, you know, ask yourself, what do I need? Yeah. And it's, it's like, how often do you talk to yourself and do that self analysis and reflection and say, what is it that I want? And I feel like that would give a person control in the situation yeah where it might feel like they don't have a lot of control uh, so i feel like just looking in the mirror and saying what do i need and what do i want for this based not on based on anything i've read on the internet what other people are doing what do i need to get me through this right right and evaluate what you've done you know i was doing the exercise i so you know trial and error is a big thing but but really consider like what you've tried, what you haven't tried. And, and you know, even if you don't know if it's 100% going to be for you, maybe try it anyway. I wasn't certain when I walked into the therapist's office that that was what was going to help me. And, you know, it wasn't 100% what ended up helping me, but it did help a great deal. Um, I think that my life at college for those last three years would have been extremely difficult had I not gone to the therapist once a week. Um, they were incredibly helpful. Most colleges do have, you know, mental health offices that I think are included with the tuition. Mine was. Um, so, you know, it's a free resource that you can go and utilize at any time. Um, so even if you're not feeling anxious or depressed, and maybe you're just, you know, under a lot of stress from college, therapy is a wonderful, wonderful resource. Um, you don't have to be mentally ill to go see a therapist.
Yeah, I think that's an important thing to realize, you know, especially if you're on a college campus and it's available to you. Are, are there, what, what do you do now that you're out of college? Like, do you have a, a therapist that you go to locally? Uh, how does someone find a good therapist? Um, well, right now I go to Barbell Club for my therapy. Okay. <laughs> um, but hey, it's me. I didn't even yeah. realize. All right. <laughs> well, I don't have a therapist right now. I think, you know, in the future, it might be nice to find one. I did enjoy having a um, biased or unbiased third party, you know, to vent to even just everyday stressors. It doesn't have to be about things about my depression and my anxiety. I talk to her about, you know, classes and workloads and, and friends and so softball when I was playing college softball like it wasn't all just you know about my my anxiety and my depression so um I don't really know the best course of action to find a therapist right now you know outside of college um I think maybe talking to your general practitioner your your regular doctor um seeing if they have any recommendations locally that's always a good plan um the, the tricky part is finding one that's covered by your insurance or you know if you don't care if it's covered by your insurance then i guess you're better off but um i think the real challenge now being outside of college is finding a good therapist that you vibe with that is inside your insurance network <laughs> those all sound like important things and you know when in doubt maybe you pick up a barbell and find a group of cool people to, to hang out with three times a week. What, what have you noticed has been the difference between training on your own, you know, when you were writing your own plan and now being in a social group? Because Barbell Club is very much a social club. Like it's, uh, it's, it's about lifting weights and everything, but it's a, there's a big social component to it. Uh, how has that changed your training and how is that different than what you were doing before? Um, well, first of all, it's the accountability. Um, if I didn't lift on my own, there was no one to be like, hey, where's Brie? Um, so I could, you know, maybe skip one day or another day um, and nobody would know. Well, I mean, you would know because you followed up, but <laughs> yeah, but you, you didn't have to like, I don't know. It's like not community shame, but like it's kind of what draws me to go to classes and stuff like that. People expect to see me there. And when they don't see me there, sometimes they'll, you know, text me or message me and be like, hey, where are you? Or, you know, from time to time, Haley will message me during the middle of the day and say, how are you, are you coming to Barbell Club tonight? Um, so that kind of helps. It's nice to know that like you're wanted around. Um, and that probably is just another <laughs> issue of my anxiety and depression, but it's nice to see that people like care to see you around. They want to see you come in, you know, they're waiting to see you. You're excited to see your friends. So that's one of the big easiest ways that, you know, it's easier for me to come into a group class because I'm drawn to being around people that I enjoy being around. Uh, and the Barbell Club is definitely a group of people that I just thoroughly enjoy to be around. Um, they're a great group of guys and, and plenty of ladies, which is awesome. I love seeing women in sports um, that just, you know, they encourage you. They're excited to see you succeed and you're excited to see them succeed. And it's just, it is a great environment to be in when you're lifting. And, you know, when you're lifting solo, it's just not the case. Yeah. And I mean, everyone's yelling for one another when they're going for a PR. It doesn't, it the weight on the bar doesn't matter. It's just that the fact that you're, you're doing it and we're doing it together and you almost feel like you're a part of that person's lift. You know, when we see Bella lifting in the back and she's just learning and she's lifting her weights and she's getting all pumped up, it just pumps everyone else up to lift their weights. What, what do you feel when you're watching someone else do a lift uh, and they succeed? And then what do you feel too 
when they miss one and maybe they're not going to go for it because there's, there's a, a situation in my head what right when we first started getting back into the gym, Schaff was going for a snatch PR and he like did one of those things where he half deadlifts it and then, and then doesn't go. And you started just like berating him from across the room. You're like, you get back on that bar. And I'm like, the only thing that's keeping Bree from going over there right now is the tape line on the floor because we have our socially distanced spots. So like, wh where does that come from? And what are you feeling in those moments when you see someone make a lift and miss a lift and maybe not want to go for it again? Making a lift is so exciting. I love seeing people make lifts. I think it's just like, it's a battle. You're seeing them struggle. Like it's, you know, when they're making PRs, it's not a quick, easy, you know, I've snatched it and it's done. It's like, they're like shaking and you can see the arms trying to lock out and like, you can see their core trying to engage. And like, it's a whole struggle that you just see them going through. And I'm very sorry for that. Oh, um, <laughs> and they, um, you know, they're struggling to lift it and you're just excited because you want to see them, you know, straighten it out, lock out those arms, get the lift done, you know, stand up out of it. And you're just on the edge of your seat. It's like watching the most exciting sports movie ever, like in real life, like right in front of you. And um, I don't know, all, not all sporting circumstances, but a lot of sports, you know, they just, they bring out that kind of energy in me um, because I am a, a former athlete. It's just, it, I love seeing people just beast out and, and make those lifts. Um, and it feels like I kind of made the lift, even though I didn't make any lifts. Um, I didn't move a muscle, but, but it feels like it was a team effort. <laughs> no, I think, I think that that's the coolest way I've ever heard it described. It's like you're watching a sports movie right in front of you in real time. And you're a part of the movie. And then you can talk to the person right after it. Like you're in, you're, when we get into PR mode, you know, we'll be doing our, our main lifts for the day. And then like right at the end, when people want to go for a PR, you're literally in the front row seat. You get to watch this go, go down. And then you get to see all the emotions play out when they make it or when they miss it. That's the coolest way I've ever heard it described. Yeah. And it's even more exciting when, you know, you go in day to day, week to week, and you're seeing them like do the work. When you, when you know how the sausage is made, it's even more exciting to yeah. see it completed. No, yeah, 100%. It's like, you'll see, you know, at the beginning of a training cycle and several training cycles, Schaff missing a, a lift over and over and over again. And then he'll finally get it and everyone will go nuts. Like the one example that's in top of my mind is when he finally PR'd his snatch and got 200 pounds. And he did that at the, um, the Christmas and kilos meet last year. And then you guys just went nuts in the, in, you know, in the audience. Uh, but you also got to be able to see all the misses and all the times he went for it. And he's like, nope, not today. Shucks. Well, maybe he'll get it next time. Yeah. Yeah. You get to kind of follow their journeys. Um, so it's exciting to see, you know, other people making their leaps and bounds on their own um, and their strugglings and then finally getting it, you know, it makes the, the final PR more exciting knowing how hard they've had to work for it. Um, rather than just seeing the one-off lift. Yeah, and, and that's the great thing about weightlifting. It's such a relatable sport because you're doing it too. So what you're seeing him go through or what Haley go through or Miguel or anyone else, you're going through the exact same thing. And they're probably feeling something very similar when they turn and they watch you go for a PR. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting to have, you know, 
teammates, I guess. They're not really teammates because there's no like team aspect technically of barbell as a sport, but, but they do feel like my team. Um, so it's easy to cheer them on and to see them succeed. And it's exciting. Even if, you know, we get to a point where we go to a meet, if I'm lifting against one of them, like they're still my teammates. Like I love to see them thrive. Um, so it's exciting. Um, and then seeing them miss is just heart wrenching, especially, you know, when they've been putting in that work and they've been, you know, trying and especially when they get it almost up there and then they have to drop it for some reason or they get off balance and they can't catch it right and you know you know they had it and you're like oh just try it again um because you'd want to you you want to get up on that bar and just be like do it get it you can do it and um, I end up screaming really loud and even sitting here right now, I'm getting very excited. About I know you're getting all, all, all worked up. Wait, we need a bar loaded right behind you. So like when you get worked up during these conversations, you can just go over there and snatch it real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Alleviate some of that excitement. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I really do enjoy seeing them, you know, succeed and, and make those catches. And um, when they don't, I just, I want, nothing more than just to see them, you know, lock out their arm and, and actually get it. And um, I think in particular, like when Sam was coming in more regularly, she, she would sit at the bottom of squats for cleans for so long before she could like rise up. And, and sometimes she did and sometimes she didn't, but that battle was grueling. Like if I was ever stuck down at the bottom of cleans, I'm usually like, and this is it for me. <laughs> So I'll just let it go. Sometimes I can rise up out of it, but but nine times out of 10, I'm like, this is the end of the road because I've released my core and there's just nothing left to push up with. But she'll sit down there and really battle it out, um, which makes it more exciting to watch and, you know, even more devastating when she can't get up. But um, I love seeing them all. Yeah, I, I think that's a cool aspect of it. You when When you watch Sam sit at the bottom, and, you know, she just didn't quite have it in the right spot. She had to find her balance. And then she grinds up standing that squat and she gets it or not. When she does get it, it also shows you that you know, the fight and the battle can be won. And that yeah. definitely transfers over to your lifting. When you see someone miss a lift twice, three times in a row, and then they get it on the fourth, you're like, okay, if that happens to me, I know I'll be okay. You know, I, I can bounce back and, and get this because I just saw someone else do it. Yeah. It's the same thing with like seeing someone lift a weight that you want to lift. Well, watching it happen in person in real time makes it seem a little bit more achievable. You're like, all right, well, I, I think I can definitely do this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love, you know, going in and actually I really enjoy being next to Diana when I lift because Diana and I have very similar weights that we're working with right now, at least with the snatch. Uh, her clean and jerk is a lot stronger than mine. Um, and it's mostly because my clean is super, super bad, uh, which I'm working on. But our snatch lifts are very, very close in weight. And so, you know, when she gets, you know, 116 or 120, I'm like, well, now I have to get 116 or 120 because we're, you know, working about the same weight. But she gets in twice as many reps as I do because I am the slowest lifter of all time. <laughs> I take so much time in between lifts. I need to, you know either rack new weights on it or, you know, take a breather because I do have asthma. Um, so sometimes I'm not very good about breathing through my lifts. So I'll hold my breath. And then when I get out of the lift, I have to like catch it all because <laughs> I'm yeah. holding it. So she 
uh, probably does twice as many reps as I do every session that we're doing, you know, just. Yeah, I think everyone on the team is just trying to catch up with Diana because she's just a machine. She's just, uh, you know, yeah, she'll just uh, like, we'll stop doing like a complex and just move on to maybe doing singles of snatch or clean jerk. And she's still doing the complex. She just, uh, uh, the more work you give Diana, the more she's going to succeed somehow. Yeah, she she is an incredible lifter and just a very humble and wonderful person, um, even outside of the lifting you know, arena. Um, so she is really a wonderful person to be lifting next to every single time. You know, she'll cheer you on. We'll joke about things. Um, she's just a very genuine person. Everybody at Barbell Club is. I can't say enough about everybody that I, you know, get to see three days a week. It's it's really nice to be able to see, you know, people that you enjoy being around. Oh yeah. I, I love it when I, I, I never realized that she used to do this until recently. Cause I can just hear it better uh, just with where she is in the room and maybe the music's not as loud, but I, I never realized that she curses a lot in Spanish while she's lifting. And it's just really funny. That is really funny. Yeah. She's, she is a force. She really is. Um, and she's very inspiring. And, you know, when I'm having a hard day at Barbell Club, lifting next to her and seeing her just power through everything, it's, you know, such a motivation. She's really wonderful to, you know, lift alongside. I'm very lucky to have people like Diana and, and Shaf and Haley and Miguel and, you know, all the regulars at Barbell Club um, be around me to not only be teammates, but, but role models, really. Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're all in it together and you see someone else succeeding and doing a good job and you're like, you know, I want to be like them. I want to do a good job myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I know when I started, you know, I was lifting, I was so very weak. I think my clean and jerk was a hundred pounds. Um, and I think my snatch was 95. No, my snatch was 75. Yeah. Um, so my snatch was really, really light. And I, I know the first couple times that I came into Barbell Club, I was like, do I even really belong here? I'm not really lifting all that much, you know, and I don't have the greatest technique ever. Um, but I really thoroughly enjoyed coming. And at the time it was uh, Leah and Chuck was in there. And I think Brandon was in there. And, and you know, they all made me feel so welcome, even though I really didn't feel like I belonged. And, you know, dealing with an imposter syndrome while also having anxiety is just <laughs> doubly wrenching. Um, so but, what kind of, like, so you felt like you had imposter syndrome on being a weightlifter or just like being someone who focuses on these lifts? No, uh, being a weightlifter. I just was like, am I really like, am, can I be this athlete? Um, and it's, I've been an athlete before. I, you know, I played division three softball in college at Casanova. I played division three tennis um, a little bit as well. Softball was my primary sport and I'd been playing it um, since I was in T-ball and competitively since I was about eight or nine um, in a travel league. So I've been an athlete and, you know, sports are really where I thrive. Um, so being an adult now where there's not really a lot of outlet for sports and competitiveness, um, I really did want to try weightlifting. Um, and I'm glad I signed up, but I was very much in the first couple of weeks, like, do I belong here? Um, I barely lift anything. Am I going to be able to make these leaps and jumps? And, and I think in the first couple of weeks, I really didn't see very much improvement in weight. 
because I think I was still trying to figure out the form and the, the movement and everything. And then when I figured that out, I definitely hit a jump where I was able to make quite a bit of movement on the weight. And then after that, I again, I hit another plateau and I was like, why is this happening? Am I sure that I'm right for this sport? Um, and the answer is yes. I mean, no matter what, the answer is yes. You can be an athlete and lift 15 pounds and you can be an athlete and lift 1500 pounds. And, you know, that's still being an athlete. You know, you yeah. just have to be willing to do the sport and that makes you an athlete. And, and it's, it's a hard sport. You know, it's a, it's a very mental sport. It can be a very frustrating sport. Everyone goes through those plateaus where they haven't PR'd for a while. And that's maybe kind of the nice thing that we have so many different things that we try to chase PRs on. Because if we were only focused on just chasing PRs on the snatch and clean jerk, it would be very depressing, you know? So it's yeah. nice to be able to have all those accessory movements that we can have fun with, because it should be fun. But there is a high turnover in this sport in particular because people start and they don't see those gains coming as quickly as they want. And then they move on to something else. You have to be really patient to succeed in weightlifting and really willing to weather the storm when they come up. And there'll be a lot of them. Absolutely. But um, what's really nice is I actually, um, from time to time in class, take Snapchats of, <laughs> of my lifts. And, you know, I'll take a picture of the barbell and say, you know, just PR you know, 115 pounds or something. And then, you know, I've been doing the sport for a little over a year now um, and training with you for a little over a year. So now I'm getting all those Snapchat memories from a year ago oh, cool. when I was like, oh, 95 pound PR in the snatch. And I'm like, Psh, if you could see us now. <laughs> I know. Now you're like doing that for, for uh, yeah, I think like a triple from the hips. Yeah, I think so. But it's nice to see like, I have, you know, those logged, you know, pictures and memories of, you know, when that just felt like the greatest lift in the world. And now a year from, from then, I'm like doing 30, 40 pounds more than that. And it's like, I, you know, the progress is there. It doesn't feel like it may be week to week, but you're seeing it happen before your eyes. You know, you just have to look back maybe a year to see really where the jump came from. That's the cool thing about social media now is those, uh, those memories. That's probably my favorite thing about social media right now is when they pop up and you yeah. get to see them. Yeah. And I, um, I save a lot of the videos that you put up on our Instagram. Um, I'll flag them um, to save them into my own little database thing. So I can just kind of watch myself lift. It's nice to see, you know, my form improve, um, the weight go up, obviously. Um, and, you know, for a while I was looking at them because you could see, you know, video to video where the weight I was losing was, you know, kind of being lost from. Um, so I'm excited to start seeing that progress again. Um, I'm not excited to be starting it all over again, obviously, but um, I'm not really starting from square one. You know, I have my experience with Barbell Club and with CrossFit and everything, and I'm only getting stronger, um, you know, just because the fat was gained back the muscle wasn't lost, you know, the muscle's there, um, you know, and we're excited to, to start, start again, maybe from yeah. square five, but, but not square one, you know, no, I, have I, mean, knowledge, I have the experience and it's there. And, and you came back, you know, almost stronger than ever because we had had that time off and you came back and you started PRing everything on your snatch. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that was very bizarre to me. I, you know, walked into the first class back after a very long hiatus. Um, and I was like, this is gonna go badly. <laughs> and I think the first class was the, um, Met, not the Metcon, the AMRAP. No, it wasn't. Oh, the Metcon. Imam. Imam, my goodness. Yes, it was an Imam. Uh, and it was the two sets of, uh, you know, what was it, 20 lifts each? Yep, um, uh, uh, 20, 20 minute Imam with yeah. one snatch for 20 minutes and then uh, every minute on the minute. And then the next one was the clean jerk Imam. Right. Uh, and I made it through snatch and most people I think can because the snatch one is the easier of the two. And then I think when I got to the clean and jerk, I maybe got to the 15th or 16th lift. And after that, I was just, I was nauseous and I, my body was, it felt like it was shaking. I didn't think I could lift anything else. Uh, and so I had to step outside and, and take a breather. And I ended up sitting out the rest of the, the session, which, um, hurt my, my ego and my pride a little bit because I'm someone that I like to force myself to finish things even with, you know, everything. So, um, but in my, you know, years of being a CrossFit athlete and a barbell athlete, and even just being out of college, I've come to accept the fact that sometimes your body just hits a threshold that you can't push through and it's okay. And you need to sit down and you need to give your body the rest that it needs. Um, because in college I did injure myself, um, playing softball. Um, I had a first, um, I, I was, I was a starting position and I didn't want to lose my starting position. And so I played through an injury that ended up almost being two bilateral stress fractures in my shins. Oh my goodness. Um, I played to the point that I couldn't walk really. Uh, my, my dorm room was on the second floor. Stairs hurt a lot. Um, I got to a point where I couldn't make the lateral movements that I needed to make to play as a second baseman because that is a lot of area to cover. And I just couldn't even it would bring tears to my eyes. Um, so I had to stop and I went to a doctor and it was bilateral stress inflammation in both my shins, borderline stress fractures in both. Um, they had me on crutches for a couple of weeks. And then I went through six weeks of PT twice a week. Um, and so from that point on, I, I was like, I have to recognize what is an injury you can play through and what is not an injury you can play through. Um, so now when it's like I the old saying, are you, are you injured or hurt? Right. Right. So now it's, you know, I really have to consider where my threshold is. So at the, on that day, you know, that first day back with the EMOM, that was my threshold. I got to a point where I was like, okay, I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm not going to push it because it is the first day back and I want to be able to make the second day back and the third day back. And, you know, I recognized and gave myself a little bit of grace because it was my first day back in about a month and a half, almost two months of doing pretty much nothing except for maybe walking my dog, um, which is not a very strenuous activity if you know my dog. Yes, yeah, best uh, dog in the world. <laughs> he, <laughs> is, he is the Barbell Club dog. He's got his own little t-shirt and everything, um, which is great. He loves coming. He loves seeing everybody and sleeping in the corner. <laughs> I, I think everyone gets excited when Louie walks in. Yeah, he's he's a nice face to see around. I'm very much a, an animal person, very specifically a dog person. So it's nice to see that the gym allows, you know, me to bring in my dog and I don't have to feel that guilt of leaving him for an hour and a half, two hours to go lift because I can just bring him along. Um, so it's nice. But 
Um, yeah, that first day back was rough. The second day back, I wasn't expecting to PR. I wasn't expecting to do well. You know, I hadn't done anything in a month and a half. So I was anticipating, you know, the worst. And I was willing to accept that that was, you know, where we were going to be. Um, but that wasn't where we were. And I, I did make a couple PRs and I made some good lifts since, you know, coming back in the beginning. And um, it just kind of goes to show that, you know, it's, it's not all lost. You're not always starting back at square one, even when you've fallen off, even when you feel like you've fallen off for a while, you know, it's not that you're starting back at square one. You still have the knowledge that you had from before, the information, maybe even some of the muscle tone, which seems to be true for me that I've kept some of that muscle, even though I've been pretty lazy for two months prior. Um, so, so that also helps, you know, when you've fallen off and you feel like you're gonna have to start from zero, you're not, even though I am starting from zero pounds lost, you know, I, yeah. I gain all that weight back. So, you know, that is a reality that I have to accept. It's still not square one. No. And I mean, we do so many endless numbers of reps on the snatch and the clean jerk that, you know, that muscle memory is certainly there. And then when you come back in, we're doing the exact same thing, right? You know, there's not, uh, there's only so much we can do with two movements. Right. So it's like a, we're always going to be practicing those snatches from the hip, transitions, snatches from the knee, transition from shin to knee, and then full snatches. And we just do it over and over and over again. It's almost like a little bit of cardio before we actually start lifting. We just do so many reps. <laughs> yes, the warm-up is 100% a cardio warm-up. Um, sometimes I struggle to get through it, even now, um, but not as bad as when I first started. When I first started Barbell Club and we did the warm-up for the first time, I thought I was going to die. Um, and now I, I know it's coming. So, you know, I have at least a little anticipation and knowledge that that's what my warm-up is going to look like. But um, I can at least get through it all. I think when we first started, I, I think I was even maybe using a 15-pound bar. And I just couldn't even get through the whole warm-up without putting it down. Oh, yeah. Um, I, it's, it's definitely a culture shock when people join the barbell club and we do so many reps at the start, you know, our warm up is at least 15 to 20 minutes. You know, okay. there's about five or six minutes of stretching that we do at the beginning. Then there's close to 10 ish minutes of bar work, you know, doing presses, squats, deadlifts, good mornings, and then all of those snatch skills. And then after you guys are done snatching, we'll do bar work with the clean jerk, you know, so we do a ton of practicing, then we practice with heavy weights. When someone first joins the club, they're like, oh man, this is, I don't know if I can get through this. Uh, Cause we just do so much more of it than you do in the regular CrossFit class where we kind of have to touch upon it real quickly and yeah. then move on and get the wad started and do other things. Right. Yeah. What has it been like? You're, you're on a weightlifting team now and you're doing the sport of weightlifting. What, what's it like, you know, like, like kind of comparison of, being an athlete and the sport between your time in softball and tennis, like, are you the same with the same mindset as an athlete or do you have a different approach to this sport than you had the other ones? I think I'm always going to see myself as an athlete. Um, you know, I have been an athlete since I was a child. My mom uh, and dad encouraged me to try a lot of different things. I, you know, I had spent some time in dance. I spent some time in gymnastics, basketball, um, soccer, um, and they really just wanted me to try everything and then find that kind of one thing that I loved, which ended up being softball, um, and just go with it. And so 
you know, I've been playing sports since I can remember. And I've just always seen myself as an athlete, you know, even, you know, in school when they're like, can I have the strongest boy help me move all these chairs? And you're like, I'm an athlete. I will do this. I can grab all the chairs right now. Um, so I definitely have always been uh, an athlete. I've always been a very competitive person. And so coming into Barbell Club, I was ready to be that athlete, that competitive person again. Um, but I, I think I've been very much the same athlete since I was a kid. I'm very vocal. I'm very excitable. Um, I'm very dedicated and I'm very competitive, um, which I think was a little bit of a downfall when I started Barbell Club because I was looking at the wrong people to be competitive against. You know, I was looking at Leah and I was looking at some of the other girls, um, Abby and some of the other girls that were lifting with us. And I was like, well, I can't lift as much as that girl and I can't lift as much as this girl. Or, you know, if I hit a PR that was more than someone else, I was like, I hit the biggest PR. Like I was looking at the wrong people to be competitive with. I think Barbell Club is very similar to running where you're just trying to beat your former self, you know? it's not like you're against anyone you're you're against yourself your old self whoever you were before a month three months six months before you know whatever you lifted then is what you're trying to beat now not you know the person next to you in the room especially not your teammates i think that was something that i had to work out through mentally myself um with softball and tennis you know there is an adversary and it's another person um, so it makes it very easy to feel that competitiveness because you have a, you know, a human embodiment of who you're supposed to be against. But the only person you're against really in barbell is, you know, looking at you in the mirror and it's kind of hard to visualize that sometimes. So you just compare yourself to the other lifters, which was something that I had to work through on my own. Yeah. I know some people, you know, view it that way where they're competing against themselves. And then there's other people who kind of, you know, make the the barbell that that enemy you know like you're competing against the barbell you have to go out there and beat it but it's good to kind of fix the mindset on not overly comparing yourself to other people because there's that old quote comparison is the thief of joy if you're always looking at what other people are doing and you're not quite stacking up you have to realize too how much longer they've been doing it than than you have and then when you get to talk to them you realize oh well when you started off you felt exactly the same way and you went through all these issues and this is how you fixed it. And that's uh, another great thing about being in a group is you can get that overall perspective versus maybe you're lifting alone in your garage right there and you're just watching videos online and Instagram only seeing all the successes and right. then you're outwardly comparing yourself to those people. And then now that's defeating. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even when Haley first started, because Haley started after I had started, um, and, you know, seeing her hit PRs that were higher than what I had done, you know, at all since starting Barbell Club. And I was like, but how, you know, I'm, I'm the person that's been here longer. I should be hitting these PRs, you know. I think that, you know, that was a, another struggle that I had to hit, you know, once, you know, new people were joining after me and they were making the PRs that I wanted to see myself making, but I wasn't, you know. I think it was my personal frustration where I was just, um projecting that onto a different person which you know now Haley and I are very good friends and you know we always love seeing each other at Barbell Club a couple times during quarantine we you know FaceTimed or videoed and lifted together um so that was nice um but you know it's it's 
it's a mindset that I had to modify for myself. Um, it's not anything that anyone else did. It was very much, I was in my own head about it. And I always, you know, as an athlete have been in my own head, even, you know, playing on a softball team, my mindset was, you know, you may be first string now, but someone's coming up behind you to try and take your place. And so you have to keep working. You know, you can't just settle at the top because you think you're going to be the only one that's able to reach the top. You have yeah. to keep taking that bar higher. So I think that, that that's an important quality to have too. I, I think it's just how you channel that energy and how you use it. Because, you know, you, you don't want to be in a situation where you're resting on your laurels. You're like, all right, I'm, I'm as good as I ever could be because you could right. always be better. And it's good to kind of have that feeling that, hey, there's someone chasing me. And that's what I love about Barbell Club. When someone new joins, it's great when they're very similar to in capabilities or in goals to some of the people we already have. Because then it's, you know, there's someone chasing you. So it right. motivates them to chase you. And it motivates, hopefully, you to be chased. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's it's been an experience definitely i um i enjoy the shifted mindset that i've had to create for myself as a now a barbell club athlete versus a you know college sports athlete um but i'm still definitely the same vocal very loud cheering obnoxious in your face um voice that i've always been for softball um which translated very strangely over to tennis because tennis is a very quiet um tennis I didn't um, unless you're playing. unless you're Maria Sharapova yeah <laughs> um but I was um I was a softball athlete well before I was ever a tennis athlete uh and it was a rude awakening to realize that uh you don't really cheer all that loud when you uh play tennis because that's just not the sport dynamic but yeah. you uh mean Barbell you weren't Club doing like the Rafael Nadal fist bump you know and, and any of that stuff no no um you know, I'm very much a uh, softball person through and through. I think I always will be. It's a very loud, boisterous sport. We cheer, we yell, we scream. Um, you know, we have to communicate out on the field and you have to yell kind of, you know, especially when you're in the outfield, which is what I played a good majority of my time as a softball athlete. Uh, you have to yell to get your communications through because you're a whole field away. Um, so I've developed a very loud <laughs> athletic voice um so i always worry when we get new barbell club people uh when they're you know going for new prs and lifts and stuff like that and i'm like yelling at them um kind of beratingly um but it's not because i'm like aggressively trying to yell at them i'm just that is my excitement that is my you know competitiveness that i'm kind of projecting onto you and you know excitement for you to make this lift and i just hope that people don't think i'm screaming at them because that's not the kind of person that I am outside of um, being an athlete, but, but when I'm an athlete, I'm in a different mindset. I really am. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think it can be an intimidating room to come into at first. I try to do my best to warn new people when they come in, you know, that one, you know, everyone has their spot, you know, like everyone has their assigned spot. You know, you guys are very territorial on where you go in the room. Uh, I let them know, Hey, there's this guy, Chuck, he's got a mustache <laughs> and, and a red bandana and, he likes to joke a lot and whatnot. So he's going to come and talk to you. Uh, there's Kim in the back. She has all the gold medals and don't take that spot. And you're going to get screamed at because people are going to want to cheer you on if you're going for something. Uh, we're going to do a lot of reps. The bar is going to be in your hands for a while. So I try, to, I try to warn people the best I can on like what to expect. But I think it's just also one of those things you just kind of have to experience it. And when all those people are in the room, 
it's a lot coming at you at one time, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, they've never been anything but welcoming, especially when I started. And I think even now, um, and I try to be that person too, when I see new people joining that, you know, I remember how nervous I was when I started. I remember the feeling I remember because it was only a year ago, you know, I haven't been doing this for a long time. So, you know, if I can be the friendly face, um, it makes it easier to come when you know you have friends there. So um, if I can be that friend, if I can at least be a friendly face, you know, I don't have to be your friend. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And I I totally, you know, understand that. Uh, I am a lot. But uh, if I can at least be a friendly enough face that you don't feel like you're not welcome, then, you know, because like I said, everybody's an athlete. If you can pick up a barbell, you know, if you can bend over and tie your shoes, you're an athlete. And um, I, that's the way I see it. Yeah, we can, we can make it happen. We're just going to have to put in all the hard work that goes into that, you know, on learning these lifts. Were you ever exposed to snatches and clean and jerks at all during your softball or tennis or in college? Um, cleans, I was, yes. I did cleans a couple times in high school. Um, my high school varsity coach, um, I actually went to Colony Central High, which is right around the corner from the, the club. Um, my high school softball coach was a Division II baseball player at one point uh, and, a, and pretty into lifting. And so the varsity softball team had a very strict lifting regimen. Um, not all, you know, barbell lifts. A lot of them were dumbbell, um, machines, presses, uh, a good mix. But one of the movements that we did have to do was the clean. And even then my, my clean uh, movement was not the greatest. Like even my coach pointed out, he was like, that's not, he's like, it is okay, but he's like, you can improve on it. So um, I've known forever that my, <laughs> my clean form was not great. Um, it's come a long way though. Yeah, it has absolutely come a very long way. Um, which is nice to see. And I know that it'll only keep improving. Yeah, the, um, the challenge was, it has been to get you to not muscle it with your upper body. I mean, like you have <laughs> one of the strongest upper bodies out of any of the ladies in the gym when it comes to like, like uh, pressing a, a weight, you know, you can bench press what 135 pounds. Uh, yeah. I think that was my last PR. Yeah. 135 pounds. You can do 125 for three and you can push press upwards of 120 pounds there's actually not a lot of ladies in the gym that are hitting those numbers. And you did those numbers with relatively little training. So it's not like we spent a year or two building up to that. You right. just laid down on the bench and you're like, yeah, I got it. And then you just, and then you just pressed it. And everyone in barbell clubs jaws on the floor. They're like, Bree just did 135, And this is like her second month in barbell club. So it's like, uh, you yeah. just naturally have an up, a strong upper body. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it when I still can't do a pull-up, but. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a strong presser. The, yeah. the pulling is, is a little bit different, but yeah. getting you to not, you know, rip on that bar with your arms and keep your hands so tight and learning how to turn the bar over has kind of been our challenge, but you've gotten very good at it recently. Once we restarted, it's like, it's, again, it's like you came back and old habits had kind of gone away yeah. since we hadn't done it for so long. And we changed your start position on the snatch. We're doing all these reps and you've just been making great improvements. Thank you. I've been enjoying it. It's uh, you know, it's a journey and you have to enjoy all the little bits of it, even the lows, because, you know, even when you're in a low bit, you, you can just remind yourself that the highs are coming. You know, you've already hit the lowest low. So, you know, just keep, 
keep your nose, you know, to the ground and keep chewing in the work. And, you know, at some point you're going to hit those highs again. You know, it's just a matter yeah. of time. Was, was that coach that was working with you on your clean? Was that Mike McCulloch? No, but uh, he was my elementary school gym coach. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Which is why I know him. Um, but yeah, no, it was nice to see his face in the gym. He was a amazing gym coach in elementary school, you know, obviously so because he's made an impression enough for me to remember him all the way up until adulthood, but um, very, very kind man. Um, doesn't look like he's aged a, a minute. Um, no, he but, looks exactly the same as when I met him back in 2011. Uh, <laughs> for anyone listening, this is Mike McCulloch or people at the gym know him as Teach. So that's his nickname because he, he was a member of the gym at a point where everyone at the gym, Albany CrossFit, had a nickname. So it's like uh, everyone, uh, no one went by their actual name. It's like your, your Teach. There was another guy whose name was Food Police because he was <laughs> a big paleo guy and he would get on you about eating you know, the wrong things. So and I don't know if you know this though, he almost went to the CrossFit games. All oh, the way really? back in 2009 and, and 10. He, um, he placed, I think, 11th in the sanctionals for that year because before they had regionals, they had sanctionals. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he just barely missed it. I don't, I don't doubt that. He is, um, he's definitely an athlete. Um, I believe he still coaches lacrosse, um, yep. men's lacrosse. Um, not a sport that I was ever in, obviously, but, um, he was a great coach all around. And, and, you know, through the years, I've obviously had several coaches being a, you know, athlete. Um, and every time I see them, because a lot of them are still local to the area, um, they're still coach to me. Um, I think it's a, a title of, you know, respect and, um, I still value what they've taught me. And I, I'm sure that there's more they could teach me because, I, the true wise person knows they know nothing at all. So yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a mentor for life. Do you have any, uh, off the top of your head, any meaningful or impactful lessons that you learned from any one coach over all this time? Um, I think honestly, the most recent was that, uh, my college softball coach, I was in the middle of my um, fall season of training for the spring season. It was my senior year. I was extremely busy. Um, my cousin um, got diagnosed with cancer, unfortunately, in the beginning of 2016. Um, and so there was just a lot coming at me. I was getting ready to graduate college. Um, the team wasn't a team that I loved being a part of. Um, they were you know, just a select individuals that just, um, I didn't vibe with and they didn't vibe with me. And so it made the, the arena very uncomfortable to, you know, go to practice. And I was experiencing higher levels of anxiety and depression going to practices, knowing that, you know, even when I just finished practice, I had that, you know, I have to go back again tomorrow feeling. And I don't think that that's something that you should experience in anything that you do in life. I don't think, you know, life is too short to do anything where you loathe going somewhere and if you do then maybe you should stop you know don't don't go to it absolutely and so um events happened where you know i went in and talked to my coach and he said you know we'd love to have you on the team we would but i understand that you know life is busy right now things are hectic and you know it's not the most ideal situation he goes i walked away from playing baseball because he had played baseball for casanova college my senior year he goes, and I never looked back and I didn't regret it. 
because that was what I was concerned about. Softball was such a big part of my life. Still is. Um, I haven't been able to do much with it since, but eventually it would be really nice to be able to coach a team, um, be a part of something again, help, you know, younger girls find that love that I had for the game and have for the game. Um, but I was, you know, it was my last year of playing competitively, truly. Um, there's nowhere else to go for softball. So I was um, conflicted, but that guidance, you know, it wasn't even softball guidance, but that just um, guidance from a coach who, you know, truly genuinely cared about his players. Uh, it helped me to be able to walk away. Um, am I sad I didn't get to play my senior year? Of course. Um, do I regret walking away? No. And he was right. He was completely right in that, you know, sometimes it is just right to walk away and, and that's fine. You know, you don't owe anybody anything at the end of the day. And if you're unhappy, it's reason enough to walk away. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, life advice. I mean, there's plenty of people who stay in relationships way too long, you know, when they're not happy and it's uh, you only got one life. So you might as well do the, the make the decisions that are going to give you the best one and have no regrets about it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Bree, uh, before we get off here, I want to talk about your first weightlifting meet. So spe speaking of uh, sporting experiences and whatnot, last year you did the caffeine and kilos meet out there in Auburn, and you did fantastic for your first meet. We went, we made five out of six lifts. You snatched 42 kilos, which is 92.4 pounds. So there you go. See right there, there's yeah. that 95-ish that <laughs> you know, range for the snatch. You clean and jerked 54 kilos, which was 118.8 pounds, and you totaled 96 kilos. Uh, you took first in the snatch, so we got and the clean jerk. You uh, you got a gold medal that day. Uh, what was it like going into this new sporting arena now? Because we had been training in the gym for just a couple months. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you hadn't even been in the sport for a year, and a weightlifting meet can be very intimidating. Uh, there's a lot, could be, can be a lot of pressure. What was it like doing this event? Um, so I was excited. Um, like I've mentioned about a hundred times on this podcast already, uh, I'm a former athlete. And so, you know, those instances where I get to be ultra competitive are just, I'm drawn to them. I very much am. Um, I, you know, you had given us a rundown of what to expect. And so I had some kind of inkling. Um, I carpooled down with Haley, um, who had um, joined even more recently than I had. So her and I were both on our way to our first meet. It was a three hour drive. Um, I think we left, we met at the gym parking lot. She left her car, I carpooled us down. Um, it was, I think a three hour car ride or something close to that. Um, <laughs> poor Haley who hadn't known me very well for very long. I talked her poor ear off uh, <laughs> the entire car ride down. And <laughs> it was funny. Um, but, uh, you know, I had packed a pillow and I had packed um, granola bars and oranges and I had a couple apples, I think, and, you know, a Gatorade and like three waters and like, I was just- You had all the snacks. Oh yeah, I came in with snacks. I am very much a snack person. Um, I, I find that I need to eat about every two hours or else I'm going to be like really grumbly and not happy person. So um, I always come in with the snacks. Um, and so I was ready. I had a blanket, you know, for resting in between, which I didn't even end up doing. Um, I was too involved with watching everyone else lift in between. So um, we got there and we warmed up and, you know, we weighed in 
Um, and I forgot that it was in kilos and I looked down and I was like, when did I drop a hundred pounds? <laughs> <laughs> because I forgot it had been lifted in key or, uh, weighed in kilos. Uh, I was part of the 87 plus group, um, which like was already, a uh, an area of, um, anxiety because, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a typical body, I suppose to say, you know, I am overweight. I do have, you know, that power belly. Uh, I am short in stature. Um, so, you know, just being a woman in the sport and having to wear that singlet, I was already like, I am not loving this. Yeah, um, that's always a huge, it's it's a huge barrier to, to entry for weightlifting is one, that singlet. And two, uh, you know, especially probably for ladies, your own body weight is just on so much display, you know, because there is the weigh-in and there's weight classes and there might be a session that's only one weight class. Um, how, how did you kind of move past that? Um, I just had to remember that everybody is different. Everybody is an athlete's body. Um, I had to remind myself that, you know, my body is a work in progress and I don't have to like it right now, but I have to love the body that I'm in you know, I have to care for it. Otherwise it's not going to ever be the body that I'd like it to be. You know, um, it's the one that's carried me through what I've been through now. Um, so, you know, it kind of is what it is. Um, you have to kind of just accept that that's, that's how it is. It, there's no hiding it when you're overweight, you know, you can wear baggy clothes if you'd like to, but you can't really hide. Um, and so, you know, since college, I've actually come to accept my body a lot more. Um, I have a lot more body positivity now than I did when I was in high school, when I was a standard beauty size. You know, I was, you know, a size about six in jeans. Now I'm wearing probably a 14 Sundays on a bad day, 16s. But, um, you know, it's, it's hard to work past what, you know, society deems as a pretty body, as a strong body. Um, but everybody can be a pretty strong body. You know, it's just yeah. about putting in that work and putting in that self-love and not giving a damn what anyone else thinks. Also, sorry for swearing. <laughs> no, that's, that's okay. It, I mean, I, I think it's, it's important because, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, you know, you're there with your crew right. and, and they, you know, they support you and they want to see you succeed. And, and, and the nice thing about a weightlifting meet is pretty much everyone there wants to see you succeed too. Right. Like, like it's like an expansion of the barbell club. All of a sudden you're yeah. there are so many like-minded people and you see all the other ladies and all the guys. And you know, um, the, the cool thing is, is there are almost like uh, maybe it's not the, uh, the best word, like equalizers. It's like, you might see the biggest guy there and he looks super strong, but he might be lifting the least amount of weight. And right. all these other little guys are lifting more than he is because maybe he's a beginner and it's all cool, you know, because like we're all in this together and we all love weightlifting. There's like, there's yeah. no outsiders there judging yeah. or anything. Everybody, everybody starts somewhere. Um, and so I accepted that that was my start and, you know, it was what it was. And in the moment of lifting, I wasn't thinking, you know, what does my body look like in this singlet? What is everybody thinking about how I look in this singlet? It was, you know, damn, I'm strong. Like, I just feel strong and badass and ridiculous in the singlet. But, um, <laughs> you know, there was still a little bit of, like, 
feeling self-conscious about my body. And so every time I lifted, I had a sweatshirt on the side that I threw over, you know, the top of the singlet. And it made me feel a lot better. Um, you know, I didn't, there's still always going to be that little bit of like society making you feel bad about how you look and how you're not, you know, exactly aligned with the beauty standards of today. Um, it's not that it's not there completely. Uh, I don't want to, you know, make it seem like I've, you know, I'm fat and I'm proud. Like, I accept that that is a part of me. I accept that that's how my body looks. I don't have to love that that's where it's at. And I'm going to continue to work to make it differently. Um, but I don't feel bad about how I look. Um, you know, sometimes when you're overweight and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, this looks great, but I'm a little bit fat on the bigger side, you know, whatever. And people are like, oh, no, 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 you're not fat. Um, but I am. It's just a descriptor. It, I understand that it's not a negative word. Um, yeah. So the lifting me in particular, you know, I was there and I was in a singlet, which is a very form fitting, you know, thing. And, you know, there's nowhere to hide anything. Um, so I had, I had my sweatshirt that I pulled over the top and that was kind of my little way of like, just giving myself that little bit of extra comfort that I needed. Um, so that was something that I did. And then when I lifted, I went out to do my first lift and it was a snatch and I set my hands up in the clean and jerk. <laughs> yep. I, I remember that. I was like, uh, I, I almost had a heart attack when I watched it because I'm, <laughs> I'm filming you and you go out there and you put a very narrow grip on the bar, which we had just done like all these snatch warmups in right. the back. So I don't know where that came from because no one was doing the clean and jerk. It was just probably just nerves, you know, oh, going out there. Was. It absolutely and, was. I, but you, you know, made it like we have a video of it, of yeah. you doing a close grip, <laughs> very close grip snatch and it was it was a so now you have a competition close grip snatch pr and then you also have your regular snatch pr yes yes um thank god my shoulders are fairly flexible because i was just in the moment i took off my sweatshirt you know i went and chalked up i walked up to the platform looking at the barbell i was like don't touch it with your feet um you know going through all the things that i needed to do um and then just in the moment, I was like thinking about so many other things and maybe I shouldn't have been, but like just kind of things that had to do with the barbell, um, you know, me, not anything outwardly, but I just wasn't thinking about my hands. That was the last thing I thought about. And by the time I realized, you know, mid lift that my hands were narrow, I was like, well, we're going to just try to make it work. Um, I'm glad you stuck. I'm glad you stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, I mean, it is what it is now. So I just, you know, threw it up there, got it up. Thankfully, you know, didn't injure myself in the process because, you know, it's probably best that I lift the appropriate way. Um, but it worked for then. Uh, two thumbs down won't do it again. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the first lift. And, you know, even with that small little mistake, it was kind of an easy way for me to shake everything off and be like, all right, this isn't that serious. You can calm down a little bit. The nerves can go away a little bit. Um, and after that, I felt fine. Um, it was nice to see the other people lift. I was excited to see, you know, Haley lift. Um, I think when we got there, Diana and Abby were lifting because they were in a lower weight class. Um, so we got to see them lift a couple, um, couple of their lifts and uh, hit them. Um, and then I stayed, uh, Haley and I stayed long enough to see shop lift. I don't think Miguel came down for that one, right? He was still in retirement. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was still retired. Gotcha. Yeah, so we got to see Schaff, um lift, and we got to see him make that PR, uh, which was huge. Um, 
So it was exciting to see some of our other, you know, barbell club teammates lift um, in a competitive setting. Um, and we all got to take that nice picture together and, you know, hang out, which was really nice, um, you know, in the off time where, you know, people weren't lifting uh, or we were waiting to lift. Um, and then, you know, we all, you know, stayed around for the awards and things like that after our sessions. And obviously I was the only one in the 87 plus category, um, whether that's because women of my size or weight don't want to wear singlets, which is very valid <laughs> because it is a lot to wear that singlet out and proud. But, uh, you know, it didn't take away anything from my win for me despite the fact that I didn't compete against anyone else but myself, because I was competing against myself. I was competing against myself. I was, you know, proving to myself that I could do it, that I could feel fine and confident in a singlet, despite being an overweight woman. Um, you know, all those things were, you know, wins for me that day, even though I was only going up against inanimate objects myself, society, you know, those things in my head where I'm like, F everything. Like, I'm just coming here to do my best. Um, and I still felt that. I still felt like a winner, even though there was no one else, you know, to lose. Yeah. I, well, I mean, you you beat everyone who decided to not sign up because there's probably quite a few people who could have, and they just didn't push the button for whatever reason. Right. And you were able to get through kind of, you know, that first lift, so to say. You know, the first lift for you probably wasn't the snatch. It was probably just the, you know, the, the, the social aspect of it, the singlet, the, you know, what you're feeling internally. And you made that first lift, you push the button, you're in, and then you showed up, you know, I mean, you got to show up and it's not right. your fault that no one else showed up. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's, it is the hardest thing to get over in the competitive weightlifting thing for women overweight, I think is going to be being in that singlet, being on display, having your weight looked at and fluctuating and, and all that stuff. And um, it's just, it is a, a mountain worth climbing over. Well, and I it, hope, I hope that, you know, you talking about this and all the other things that you've talked about have motivated some people who are listening and to, to do it them, themselves and maybe even to, to reach out to you for some advice. You know, you could be a mentor to someone who's kind of in a similar situation. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I would never say that I'm a wise person, but if anyone was looking for me, you know, for guidance, that is not something that I would turn anyone away from because at times in my life, I have needed guidance and the people that I've looked to have never turned me away. Um, so I'd like, I'd love to be that person for people. I, I try to be very vocal about, you know, my weight journey and, you know, dealing with my mental illness because it is something very real for a lot of people. Um, and it, there's still a lot of stigma against getting help for that mental illness or, you know, women that are larger in our society. And so if I can be that person, you know, not to call myself, you know, a trailblazer because there are women that have done it before. There's women that have done it better, but I'm here doing it now. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Hey, you love the talk. You're very open. You're a very generous person, very genuine person. And we love having you in the barbell club and, and on the team and watching you grow. So if someone's listening, you know, reach out to Bree and if, if at the very least you need someone to talk to, here we go. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'll talk for hours. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Bria, uh, any any closing thoughts on the top of your head? Any other anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Um, you know, 
spare you another 20 minute tangent. So <laughs> all right, well, where, where can um, just everybody is an athlete body, everybody, everybody can be an athlete. Everybody can be that person that they want to be. It's just about taking that first step. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a first step maybe that you don't have to do alone either. If you find yourself a, a good team and a good support system. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like the Albany Barbell Club. There we go. Albany CrossFit Barbell Club. Albany CrossFit Barbell Club. Find, find <laughs> us on there. Bree, where can people follow you? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I have a, an Instagram. It's uh, Bree167, B-R-I-167. Uh, um, I think it's personal right now, but I can open it to be uh, more social because like you said, if somebody needs to reach out, I'm not opposed to helping anybody that needs, you know, the guidance or even just the push that they need to, you know, start their journey on being an athlete in the lifting arena or otherwise. Um, so Instagram's probably the easiest way, but I do have a Twitter. It's also Brie167 with an I, Brie with an I. Um, so, so you can find me there or at Albany CrossFit. <laughs> there we go. All right. Yeah. Uh, follow Brie on any of those spots. Uh, I'm going to have your Instagram handle in the show notes. Make sure you follow Albany CrossFit on Instagram. Follow Albany CrossFit Barbell Club on Instagram so you can see all of Bree's awesome lifting videos on there as well. More to come. Follow the Barbell Strikes Back. Follow me, James A. McDermott. You're going to be at this all evening or wherever you're listening to this following all these accounts. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And Bree, thanks again for coming on. No problem, James. See you Monday. Yep, we'll see you then.